I hope the service has been a blessing for you so far, hearing all these amazing and wonderful stories. And we can't tell all of the stories. Do you know why? That's for heaven. When we get to heaven, we'll hear all of the backstories, even to the stories you heard today, of what Jesus has been doing. And we haven't even been able to highlight all of the other different ministry areas, but I hope that by hearing some of these stories that you're able to see how Jesus is touching our world, touching our community, touching our community, touching our families, touching each individual person, one life at a time because that's the way of Jesus. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, does anyone remember I was telling a story and I told you I'd tell you the rest? Did you guys forget about that? Should I skip the story altogether? Do you wanna hear it? Okay, so it starts off with this, this person named Edward Kimball. Okay, and uh, I told you a little bit about Edward Kimball and how he was a Sunday school teacher and how he reached out to uh, a young man who grew up uh, without a father. His father died when he was young and Edward had a, a burden to reach out to him and he went and he shared the gospel with him and that man was... D.L. Moody, okay, I think some of you remember the story, right? That man was D.L. Moody who ended up becoming a very famous evangelist who went around and preached the gospel to millions and millions of other people. And one of uh, D.L. Moody's, in one of D.L. Moody's trips, he went to England and he was in England and he was in a small little chapel uh, that was pastored by a man named Frederick Brotherton Meyer. And this uh, young man heard the story of how Edward Kimball had gone to each and every one of those Sunday school students and shared the gospel, and each and every one of those Sunday school students gave their lives to Jesus. And he was inspired because of that, and he ended up becoming an evangelist and sharing the gospel. Some of you might know him as F.B. Meyer, a very famous evangelist uh, and author as well. And Meyer made a trip to the United States, and in one of those uh, trips to the United States, he was in a meeting and he influenced greatly and spoke about the calling of God uh, to a man named J. Wilbur Chapman. And J. Wilbur Chapman ended up uh, responding to the call of God and he became one of the most influential uh, evangelists worldwide during that time. And Chapman's ministry was, was across the whole globe and it attracted a number of people. And one of the people that it attracted was a man by the name of Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was uh, a baseball player and he ended up committing his life to Christ and left his uh, baseball, his baseball contract playing baseball. He left all of that to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to live out his calling. And part of uh, Billy Sunday's ministry was uh, inspiring a small group of people that lived in Charlotte, North Car Carolina to pray so that their city would be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they prayed together for a whole decade that their city would have a revival. And at the end of that decade of praying, they invited a man by the name of Mordecai Ham to come and share the gospel in some revival meetings, some revival services. And Mordecai Ham came and he preached the gospel. And, in one, and, and one young man, a teenager, came to those services being intrigued and inquiring. And he came every single night in those revival services. And by the end of, that, end of those revival services, he decided to come forward with his friend and commit his life to Jesus Christ and that man's name was Billy Graham. 
And Billy Graham, might be a more familiar name to you, was a man that went across the globe and probably preached the gospel to more people than anyone else in history. Some people estimate that he preached to probably 200 million people, shared the gospel directly to 200 million people across his, his lifetime. And when you see that, you see the impact that one person can have upon another person. And why is this important? It's important because the way of Jesus is one person at a time. The way of Jesus is one person at a time. If you read through the Gospels, you'll read approximately about 15 times when Jesus addressed large crowds and large groups of people that he talked and he preached uh, towards large groups of people. But you will read probably over 40 one-on-one experiences with people. You will read how Jesus went and touched people's lives one time, one life at a time. And that's what our vision statement is here at Unionville Alliance Church, to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Why? Because Jesus touched people one at a time. The way of Jesus is one at a time. And friends, I want to encourage you today, as you heard some of the stories and, and you've experienced it probably in your own life, that we would be fulfilling God's will and being part of his kingdom in touching our world through Jesus one life at a time. In the gospel of Matthew in chapter 18, Jesus tells a a parable. And in this parable, he talks about a lost sheep. And he says this, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, "Ah, that's okay, it's just one. I got 99 still. Is that what Jesus says? No. Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go out to search for the one that is lost? The way of Jesus is one life at a time. And you are that one life. He wants to touch you. He wants to interact with you personally. And so we read the story about Philip and the, and the Ethiopian eunuch. And it's a very interesting and intriguing story. Um, and, and Philip here, he has this amazingly successful ministry in Samaria. He's in Samaria. People are coming to Jesus. The gospel is being preached. People are coming to Jesus. Signs and wonders, healings and miracles. So many things are happening there in, uh, in, in Samaria. And then what does God tell Philip to do? Leave your successful ministry Leave all of these people, like the 90 and 9, leave all of these people that are coming to know me, leave all these miracles and signs and wonders that are happening, leave all of that, and Philip, go to this place that I'm going to tell you to go to. And it seems ridiculous for Jesus to say that because we would think, well, leave Philip here. He's doing such a great job. So many people are coming to Jesus. So many people, lives are being touched and changed. But as Jesus told this parable, he was telling Peter as well, leave the 99 and go and find that other one. And friends, I want to encourage you to follow Jesus into the unknown. Follow Jesus into the unknown. That's what Philip had to do. Philip had to leave Samaria and all the amazing things that were happening and go into the unknown. Why? Because Jesus cares for that one that's lost. Because Jesus wants us to reach that one that was lost. Why? Because at one time, we also were that one that was lost. 
And the love of God came to us, and the love of God changed us, and the love of God transformed us. Look at what he says to Philip. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, Philip, leave all these people in Samaria, leave all the signs and wonders and miracles, all of these people that are, that are thronging to you, all this amazing stuff that's happening, and Philip, just go to the desert, please. He doesn't give him more specifics about that. But then a little, bit, a little bit down, he says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along, walk along beside the carriage where this Ethiopian eunuch was. He was asking Philip to go into, uh, into the unknown, into, into what he didn't know. If Philip were to stay where he was, that would, be, that would be good for him. But he asked him to go into the unknown. Friends, what is Jesus asking you to do? As you seek to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time, as I seek to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time, where is Jesus calling us to go into? Can I tell you the story of a man named Ahmed? Not his real name, but it's a real story. And Ahmed uh, lives, lives in another country. Uh, he lived in Sudan and then moved to, to Egypt. And he started to question his faith and started to question what he, what he actually believed because he saw so much pain and hurt and injustice. And he met a, a, a Western missionary, and that Western missionary was, uh, was an aid worker, and he was helping with food and clothing and all sorts of things. And he asked him, he said, why are you here? And that Western aid worker said, I'm coming in response to the call of Jesus to help those that are in need and to share the love of God. And he thought about this and he wondered, why would Jesus send somebody to help people that are not Christians? And so because of some of the, the difficulty that was there in Sudan at the time, uh, Ahmed moved his family to, to Egypt. It was a, a place that was safer for him to start to explore Christianity. And so when he got to Egypt, he started to explore Christianity, looked up online, and he got in contact with some Christians and finally was able to meet some Christians in person. He joined a Bible study group and eventually he became a Christian. Eventually he gave his life to Jesus Christ to become a follower. And his prayer request to his Bible study group was um, that his wife and children would also become followers of Jesus. He shared his faith with his wife and she was angry at him. And she didn't want him to be a Christian. But he shared with her how his faith teaches her to love her, respect her, honor her, support her, be faithful to her. She couldn't really argue with that, right? And so she started to see, and then she, she came to one of the, the teachings. There was a conference that was happening, some teachings about the way of, uh, way of Jesus. And she came to that where there were some missionaries that were presenting. And during that conference, she leaned over to her husband and she told, her, she told him, if we would live according to these teachings, our lives would be a lot better. And the husband, of course, agreed. And so after the teaching, she went to one of the, the, the women that was on the team that was there. And she shared something with that woman that she had not shared to anyone else, including her husband. She said this, quote, I, kept, I keep dreaming about a man in white, shining garments. He's holding a cross and calling my name, saying that I am in the, saying that I am in the right path that I should keep going, and that he wants me to follow him. What does that mean? Is that Jesus telling me to become a Christian? And so the woman uh, ministered to her and talked to her about what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And so she decided to go to the same Bible study group as her, uh, as her husband, and, and she started to explore the things of the Christian faith. 
And then she told her, she was still uncertain, she was still unsure. So she told her Bible study group, she said, if God wants me to become a Christian, then between now and next week when we gather for our Bible study, I want to have that same dream that I had about that man in white. And do you know what happened? For the next seven days, every single night, she had a dream of Jesus (laughs) appearing to her. And so she gave her heart to the Lord. And after that, two of their three children gave their heart to the Lord. And then another lady, uh, they witnessed to her and she, was, she became a Christian. And so they started a small house church. And then after they started that house, small house church, the, the small house church started to grow. And as the church started to grow, they had to plant another church and then another church and then another church. And now they're up to 69 churches between Sudan and, and Egypt. Isn't that amazing? And it started with what? One life that was touched. One life that was changed. And that life overflowed into other lives. Friends, can I encourage you today? And I know you've heard this, heard this from Daniel numerous times. I think, can you go back to that slide, Chris? Uh, you've heard this from Daniel numer- numerous times while we get our... Don't everyone stand up and turn around and look, okay? <laughs> we'll get, be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone. What is Jesus calling you to do? What is Jesus asking you to do so that you can be that agent, that catalyst for growth, that catalyst to make a difference in the life of someone else? Um, in, in Acts chapter 8, Chris, can I get on the back screen as well? Acts chapter 8 and verse 31, the man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me, this is the eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch speaking to, to uh, Philip, how can I, unless someone instructs me, and he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. So in context of this, uh, Ken read the whole passage for us, but in this context here, what's happening is that the, the Ethiopian eunuch is reading a portion of scripture and he doesn't understand it. And Philip asks him, do you understand what you're, what you're reading? And then he says, come up with me and can you explain this to me? See, Philip had to step out of his comfort zone because this wasn't a Jew. Philip was a Jew, but he had to now step out of his comfort zone and go to somebody who was unknown, a person that was of a different ethnic background, a person that was of a different uh, uh, society, a different country, a person that was of a different socioeconomic status as well. And Philip had to come out of his own comfort zone to minister to him. And God will ask us and God will challenge us to step out of our comfort zone and go to places and do things and, sit and talk to people and, and share the love of Jesus with others, which, which might not be easy for us to do. And there might be challenges, just that it was challenging for Philip. But God will prepare us because do you know what happened to Philip before this? He was in Samaria. And in Samaria, there was, that, that was a place the Samaritans were considered despised by the Jewish people. They were considered second-class citizens. So the Lord took Philip first to one, one baby step to be like, okay, Philip, can you go to Samaria and preach the gospel? Okay, Lord, I can do that. And then God set, told him, okay, now that you're comfortable in this situation and circumstance, now, Philip, can you actually share the gospel to this Ethiopian? Can you see how God was preparing and helping Philip to step out of his comfort zone? And friends, sometimes it becomes easy for us maybe just to talk and minister to people that are of our own ethnic background uh, or our own uh, socioeconomic status. Maybe it becomes easy for us just to talk to people that we are comfortable with talking with. 
But here at Unionville Alliance Church, we are a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church that seeks to touch our world through, through Jesus one life at a time. And so regardless of the ethnic background, regardless of the age, regardless of the socioeconomic status, regardless of all of these other things, each and every person is valuable in the sight of the Lord. And God wants us to reach each and every person. Look what Philip did. He said, can you just go to the next slide, uh, Chris? I don't know why it's going to. That next verse says, the slide after that, verse 35. And so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. He told him the good news about Jesus. Friends, we have a mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you do that? This is what we're all about here, to tell of the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you go to the next one, Chris? See the people who God puts around you. Just as, the, as Philip was, was coming along on this, on this pathway, along this, this, this walkway, and he saw the, the chariot there, he was able to see and be attentive to what the Spirit of God was saying to him. Friends, can we be attentive to what the Spirit of God is saying to us? Can we see the people that God is putting around us? I'll close by just telling you this, this story uh, about Another, uh, an, an, another impactful life, his name is, Al, uh, is Alfred Lomas. And uh, Alfred Lomas was, was part of a, a gang in Los Angeles. And a woman uh, came to Los Angeles with her, with her church group. She was an elderly woman. They were coming there to minister to people in that area. And she had gotten lost. And so she was on one side of the street, and she saw Alfred Lomas on the other side of, a street, uh, of the street. He was a gang member. He had been part of gangs for 29 years, and it was, um, it, was, it was intimidating for her because she needed help, and so she had to cross that street. She had to, to, to go over to the other side to ask for help. And so she went, and she asked Alfred, she said, uh, are you hungry? And he was hungry, and so he responded, yes, I'm hungry. And she said, she told him, said, well, if you can help me find out where I am, because I'm lost, I think I can help you get some food and get some help as well. And for some reason, that touched Alfred so profoundly that he helped this elderly, frail woman get back to her group. And she introduced him to a program called the Dream Center in Los Angeles. I was privileged a number of years ago to take a group of uh, youth and young adults to Los Angeles, and we connected with the Dream Center as well as we ministered in that area. And it's a wonderful uh, outreach that they have to help people that are drug addicts, that are gang members, that are uh, in need in all sorts of ways to help them come to Jesus. And Alfred, he got into this program, and he ended up becoming a Christian. And he ended up giving his life to Jesus. And he experienced something that he had not experienced before, and that was unconditional love. Today, he oversees an effort to bring 80 tons of food into that area to help the hungry and the needy. He did something in Los Angeles that people thought was impossible. He brokered a truce between three of the main rival gangs in that area, and the violence started to drop. The, the media caught wind of what he was actually doing, and they started to write articles about him. And in one article, they said that the city of Los Angeles had spent millions of dollars and passed all sorts of laws to try to do something that Alfred Lomas did without any of that. They wanted to reduce the violence, but Alfred Lomas was able to do that 
by showing love to his enemies. And do you know how it all started? It all started by one little old lady who decided to step out of her comfort zone and see the people around her and cross the street. Can we do that? Worship team, please come. God wants to make a way for us. He is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the one that can do amazing and wonderful things. And as we sing this song, can I encourage you to take a step of faith in the way that Jesus is leading you? Because the way of Jesus is one life at a time. The way of Jesus is to make a difference in each and every individual life. Let's stand together and sing to the Lord.